This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Welcome in, my friends, to another episode of Behind the Pen. My name is Mike Rankin, and I will be your host for today's show, and I have plenty of stuff and things on tap for you today, all presented by MostValuablePodcast.com. Be sure to listen to all of the podcasts that we provide at blogtalkradio.com backslash most available podcast. We have NCAA, NBA, NFL, MLB. We got everything for you, even some video game stuff and some other things. So hopefully you check it out there. If not, go to our YouTube channel, check us out there and subscribe. Most available podcast. Follow us on Twitter at most available pod. I'm at Rankin906. If you want to hear me talk about things and stuff, I'm right there for you. That's where the good content is. Also, this is really important to us, guys. Become a patron. Patreon.com backslash most valuable podcast. Become a patron. Donate whatever it is that you can afford to us. We hope to provide more content for you and entertain you more so than we already do. If we don't entertain you, then why are you listening? Because you know what? This is our lifeblood. You guys are awesome. We really appreciate all of you who comment, share, are with us since the beginning. It's awesome. It's awesome. Behind the Pen has been going on for Close to a year now, and I just I can't believe it. It's just sports. Sports is life, right? So what? All right. So what do I have on tap for you on behind the pen today? Oh, well, I'll tell you. I will tell you because listen, the Chicago Cubs are in the World Series, and boy, I could talk about the Chicago Cubs every single day of my life. But right now, I'm gonna just just let it marinate because currently they're tied one to one in the World Series. First time they've been in the World Series in 71 years. They have a chance to win it first time in 108 years. So I'm just gonna probably dedicate a whole show when they do eventually win it about the Chicago Cubs and the triumph and whatever. That's for another time. But what isn't for another time is the debacle that is the Chicago Bears. I'm going to talk about the Chicago Bears. Jay Cutler's back, guys. Whether you like it or not, he's going to be here for the remainder of the season unless he gets hurt. So I'm going to talk about that and his relationship with John Fox and his future and other Chicago Bears stuff. God, it's awful. Anyway, the Chicago Bulls. The Bulls are back in town, baby, and they're back for good. Well, until they get eliminated in the first round of the playoffs this year. I, I, I'm predicting. But I'm going to talk about that, some rumors, and I'm going to dive into their roster and see, you know, kind of preview what I expect to see from them this season. That'll be fun. Some Bulls talk, some encouraging Bulls talk, because usually when I talk about them, I hate them, and I want Gar, Gar Packs fired, both of them. So I'm going to get into that today. Also, what else? I don't know. Well, I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. Hopefully you stay along for the ride for the entirety of this podcast. But first, let's dive in to the Chicago Bears because that's the main bread and butter here and behind the pen. Despite the fact I love the Cubs so much, I love the Bears just as much, maybe a little less. But still, football is an entirely different breed. We get into the NFL season and a Thursday night football game between the Jaguars and the Titans would probably beat Whatever game is going on, whether it's in the NBA, maybe not the NBA. NBA is kind of popular, but still, I, I, the NFL triumphs. They probably beat out an NBA regular season game, and uh, it pains me to say because I love baseball so much. A regular Thursday night football game between two garbage teams would probably beat out a World Series matchup in the ratings. But I mean, like not obviously this year because the Cubs are you know the Cubs are their pole. And everybody wants to see them win in the first time in 108 years. Whatever, feel good story, but. Overall, I, I kind of get it, you know? I, I get it. Like, football is just so pleasing to watch through the eye because it's fast-paced. You know, guys are running into each other. It's physical. While baseball, you know, it's kind of a timeless sport. There's no running clock. And, like, 
Game two of the World Series lasted four hours. Who wants to sit and watch that for four hours when really the ball's put in play for like probably, what, 40 minutes of that entire four hours of game time? So I see it, and I'm kind of backtracking a bit. But this is the thing, too. And I know that I'm going to get into the Chicago Bears a little bit, but I was sitting, for example, I was at Chili's one time, right? And, you know, I was sitting there having a beer. This was a wild card matchup between the Baltimore Orioles and the Toronto Blue Jays this season, sitting at a Chili's, and there's a preseason basketball game on TV. A preseason. And this was between two teams, not even in Chicago, because that's where we're from, whatever. We're watching the Rockets and the Jazz or something. I don't even care about the teams. I don't even care about the freaking look at it. But it was an NBA preseason game. And there was no, there. I'm telling you, in Chili's, there was like five or six TVs in the area that I was in. None of them had the game on, the uh, MLB game on. It was the, it's a wild card playoff game. And three of the f- five TVs had a, a preseason basketball game on. So I, was, I politely, you know, I go up to, to the, the hostess and I say, please, ma'am, excuse me, MLB wild card game. Could I watch it? I'd like to watch it with my meal. And I'm not asking for anything spectacular because this TV was sitting in the corner, right? Of where I was sitting, you know, it was just for me and whoever I guess had the view of it. I'm asking for one TV to be put on an MLB playoff game that actually matters instead of a preseason game. So no problem. Gets up, gets ready to change the channel, and this old timer, he's got to be like 65 years old. He said, "Well, what are you doing? What are you doing changing the channel?" And the hostess says, "Well, someone asked to put on the baseball game." He says. Well, I want to watch the basketball game. I say, what? Are you kidding me? First of all, this is Chicago. Nobody from Chicago is in that preseason basketball game. While a game that actually matters in terms of the MLB playoffs is going on. And you want to watch a preseason basketball game that matters? Nothing? That Are you serious? So anyway, hostess gets all flustered. She says, I'm sorry. We're going to have to leave the game on, I say. Are you serious? I'm a little upset. You know, I'm at Chili's, two for 20. And I'm sitting there waiting for my MLB game. I'm following on my phone because I have to. I'm a game day MLB app. I have no other choice. The man goes, okay, take the check, please. This is three minutes later. He stands up and leaves. He leaves. Three minutes later, after giving the hostess trouble about changing the channel, I say, oh my goodness gracious. What have I done? You know, what is wrong with society? And really, boy, did I backtrack. But still, this is what I'm talking about. It's the interest level in the game of baseball. My gosh, that's the first topic on Behind the Pen. I know I said it was about football, and I'm going to talk about the Bears in a minute. I'm going to talk about Jake Cutler in a minute. Stay tuned. Speaking of ratings, speaking of ratings, I keep backtracking a little bit, but this is important. The NFL is losing ratings, and there's a reason for that. Uh, especially since while the NBA is becoming more and more popular, steadily growing in the ratings. I know they push it upon, uh, especially major media markets like ESPN. They push it on you, and it's like year-round coverage similar to football, while baseball is kind of taking a back seat. It's the interest level. It's the pacing, right? And really, the average age of a baseball fan is around 59 years old. That's really old. That's an average age of the fan. They're getting old. And MLB's trying to market their product to a younger kind of generation, right? I love it because I grew up playing the game. 
and I just fell in love right away. Been a Cubs fan all my life. But not as many people say growing up in the 50s and 60s compared to the late 2000s, maybe even the late 90s. They don't like baseball as much as the older generations, and baseball suffering because of it. But the, are you serious? You're watching a preseason basketball game over the MLB wildcard game? A winner take all? Come on. Now that's inexcusable. I didn't like that at all. Like I understand people don't want to watch baseball because it's kind of boring. But that's people who don't understand or appreciate the game. Like I get it. I get it. You'd rather watch guys run up and down the court and dunk and stuff in a game that's meaningless. But it's, it just it bothers me. It bothers me. Anyway, going back to the ratings. Chicago Cubs, and we're talking about the Cubs now. Yeah, it happens. They garnered so much, and baseball loves it, right? Baseball loves it. Colin Cowherd talked about how MLB, this is his opinion, whatever. And Ricky loves to mention Colin Cowherd, so I guess I'm kind of wrapped in this too. But he brought up the idea that MLB kind of doesn't want the Cubs to win the World Series, despite the ratings that they're getting, and right the, the, the poll that they're getting with the Cubs in the World Series. Hey, because if the, if the MLB loses the Cubs story, right, a 108-year drought, that's it. They won the World Series, and that's the end of it. So it's not as exciting, or it's not really a story or a narrative that they can rely on going into this year. So, look, I, I've been following the Cubs since 98. They've been in the playoffs 98, 03, 07, 08, 15. This is the sixth year I've seen the Cubs in the playoffs. So it's not like over the 18-year span I've been a fan that I could recall, right? I mean, a little little Tiger can't really remember 94 through 97. Whatever. But I'm saying, it's not like the Cubs haven't been in the playoffs. It's just they haven't had success, really. And, and it's, a, it's a testament to how terrible that franchise is overall. Yeah, 108-year drought. How are you still a Major League Baseball team? Well, I'll tell you. You have this pull. And we see it. Fans are going to games, right? Fans are filling stadiums across the country, and they're Cubs fans, especially when they're good. They come out in bundles, Right? So MLB loves that. MLB loves that. But once once they win, does that kind of dynamic where, oh, they they got to win. And they, like you see it. If you're watching the World Series, you see. Like they had a whole segment with these old people, and they were the focus of the whole entire thing. And like these are like 70, 80, 90-year-old people like rooting for, for this to happen because the narrative right now, and that's the feel-good story, even with the Indians. They haven't won since 1948. I mean, they've been in the World Series last time they were in 97. So it's not like they haven't, like compared to the Cubs, 45, 71 years. But as much as that kind of outward thinking or theory that Colin Cowherd kind of presented, he's not wrong, right? I, I can't really argue with the fact that MLB suffers from the Cubs winning the World Series in terms of Garnering interest, right? That's the last feel-good story left in the MLB. I mean, there are there are so many storylines for people who actually pay attention to the game, but you can't deny it. The Chicago Cubs allowed FS1 to be the most successful that it's ever been because it draws a crowd. The Cubs draw a crowd. It's a huge market in the Midwest. It's everywhere, and. On Fox, I believe Game 2 had the largest or the best ratings 
in a World Series game in however long. I don't know. You could look it up. I obviously didn't because I look like a fool. But I'm just, it's there. It, the facts are there. They are getting the ratings because people want to see this curse to be lifted in Chicago. And in Cleveland as well. That's another interesting dynamic that's added to the MLB playoffs, right? The story, the narrative that the media would like to portray and to continue to push to you, you know, remind you, hey, Cubs haven't won. Black Cats, Bartman, Cleveland, won championship since 1965. Blah, 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 sad Cleveland town. It's, it's tired to me, but it's, it's something that's easy and not necessarily lazy because it's true and it brings people in. So with this whole ratings conversation, the NFL has its own issues. I mean, they're still the Goliath that they are, right? I mean, ratings are down, but that's for several different reasons. But they're not going to go away. People are still going to watch the NFL no matter what. But the game of baseball faces a different challenge. And if the Cubs win, suddenly, what happens? The MLB can't rely on that narrative anymore. But I don't know. That's just food for thought. I mean, I guess that was just the cogs in my brain that was working randomly. I wasn't really expecting to talk about this, but that's a good opening segment for Behind the Pen because really it's just about the show is about really nothing about anything. So hopefully you enjoyed the randomness that is my brain. But let's transition into an actual conversation that I was looking to have at the beginning of this podcast that kind of just sidetracked immediately. Chicago Bears. Lots of stuff going on with the Chicago Bears, as always. I mean, every week it's something new. Even despite the fact that they're 1-6 and six and they're among the league's worst teams in the NFL. My gosh, who saw this coming? Probably a lot of you. And I give you credit. Because, boy, was I super delusional going into this season. Uh, you know what? Okay, listen. Now, I want to defend myself because I did say they were going to go 10-6 and six and make a wild card. And everything was laid out in front of them to actually make a run and be considered a decent team. Listen. You had Jay Cutler, and whether you like it or not, Jay Cutler is considered a top 15 quarterback in this league. I will argue anybody on that fact, but that's not the conversation we're going to dive into today, even though I've had it many, many times before over the span of his eight-year career in Chicago. That's not it. You look at the way the Chicago Bears were laid out going into this season, and let me defend myself in thinking that they could possibly be a good team. Last year, with no talent, they went 6-10, and Right? And Cutler was responsible for a lot of their wins. Let's just be flat-out honest. He had a great year. And they had a competent offensive coordinator, Adam Gase, you felt like would transition well into Dowell Loggins, who worked underneath him throughout that season. You have a decent draft. You felt good about the draft. But ultimately, really, even with the second-easiest schedule in the NFL, the Bears needed pretty much everything to go their way, and they needed to avoid any type of injury possible, especially the key players. Well... Almost everybody's hurt, and they're one in six. Cutler got hurt uh, really early in the season. Not that it mattered because this team was garbage. They were going through a transition period with their offensive line. They were talent deficient in terms of depth. So that leads to the question. There's going to be a couple topics that I'd like to dive into today. But overall, I had the idea, right? I was optimistic, yes. But it made sense to me that they could be a playoff team. Obviously, that's not going to happen. 1-6 and six on the season. You're hoping for a top 5 pick, top 3 pick, even the top overall pick at this point. So we're faced with that reality, okay? This team sucks, and we get it. But let's look at some of the storylines that are going on throughout the season seven games in. Color gets hurt. Brian Hoyer steps in, throws for 300 yards in consecutive games, and everybody's like, okay, Brian Hoyer's, Brian Hoyer's good. 
Jay Cutler sucks. Cutler, stay with Hoyer, get a top pick, draft a quarterback, develop him, maybe even sign Hoyer to another year so the quarterback can develop. Okay, no, that's still possible. Brian Hoyer broke his arm. Brian Hoyer broke his arm, and he's done for the year, which means Jay Cutler's back in at quarterback. And I'll get to the conversation about drafting a quarterback in a minute, but first I'd like to dive into the Jay Cutler-John Fox situation. Remember, once Ryan Pace stepped in, hired John Fox, there was no commitment to Jay Cutler in the beginning. They were looking at options to potentially deal Jay Cutler before the 2015 season. They stuck with him. However, now, looking at Jay Cutler's situation, John Fox even said it, and there's a report on Yahoo.com, and I don't know how legitimate this source is, but he said that John Fox told friends that he's done with Jay Cutler, which means he's probably going to be gone after this season. And really, conventionally thinking, you would assume that would be the smart move for the Bears at this point. Not because he's a bad quarterback, but given the situation, you save the money remaining on Cutler's contract. You don't have to commit, what is it, 17 mil or whatever it is to Cutler next year on a team that's really in a transition process that needs to be younger. You want a guy that they can build around or at least bridge to until they find someone, whether it's trading for Garoppolo, signing Kirk Cousins, my guy, I hope that doesn't happen, or drafting a guy, right? So it looks like Cutler's situation's done. But I just, looking at John Fox under under his tenure here in Chicago, he's played games with the media pretty much every single week. He gives them nothing. And in a radio interview prior to the start of the season in Bourbon A when they were going through uh, training cramp and everything, uh, cramp, training camp and everything, he even said, yeah, we don't give you guys much. You know, I don't, uh, uh, hold on, let me do my John Fox. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah, I know, actually, uh, I know it. I know it. I don't give you guys much. Uh, it's one of those things, you know. So he knows how to play the media, right? He knows how to tell you nothing but gives you something. It's just words, meaningless words. So initially when Cutler got hurt, it looked to be serious. I thought it was serious because, well, first of all, he broke his thumb, what was it, in 2012, 2011? And that was a serious injury. He hurts the same thumb, yet Fox calls him day-to-day. He practiced one time, and he obviously couldn't do it throughout his entire six weeks that he was hurt. And they considered him day-to-day, yet he didn't dress on game day. And Fox never committed to saying that Jay Cutler was their guy once he's healthy again. So I think Brian Hoyer getting hurt is kind of a cop-out for Fox in saying, oh, uh, oh, Cutler was our guy the whole time. Uh, I don't know. Uh, he was always it. Yeah, we have uh, confidence in Cutler, and that's never changed. Well, you're a liar. You're a liar. You were playing games the entire process while Brian Hoyer was doing well, but not well enough to win games, might I add. He was good enough just to lose. So, I mean, he ran the offense competently. Didn't really turn the, he didn't turn the ball over. But Jay Cutler... He wasn't willing to commit on Jay Cutler. And, okay, that was that was a telling sign that this regime is pretty much kind of really pushing him out the door. And I assume that he's going to be gone, and I'll continue to say that after this season. It only makes sense. But what's really starting to bother me with this whole John Fox stuff is even with injuries, he's never they've never really been straightforward about anything. Like, what happened with Kyle Fuller? He had a, a scope in his knee or whatever. And that, that's usually a, a procedure 
that takes about two weeks to heal. And this was in the preseason. He's still hurt. He's on injured reserve. We, I don't know if we're ever going to see Kyle Fuller again. Because first of all, I don't know if he's good. But he has, he's not going to step on the field anytime soon. I'm, I, I'm assuming because the Bears don't give me anything. I have no idea what's going on. Kevin White's injured again. And that goes to the conversation back to Ryan Pace and his drafting kind of strategies. You want to question that, that's fine. Especially in the first round, you're taking guys like Floyd and White who are reaches. So, I mean, this whole this whole conversation with John Fox, I, I, is he going to get fired after this season? I highly doubt it. I would say like 10 to 90, 10% that he will be fired, 90% that he stays. Because really, the conservative nature of the Chicago Bears aren't going to give up on a guy who's had so much NFL experience and who's had such an impact on this roster so far, especially in the drafting process. Look how many defensive guys that they draft. They're trying to build a certain scheme under Vic Fangio, but... This whole Cutler-Fox nonsense, and Cutler responded. He was asked the question, oh, do you feel you know, John Fox is confident in you as the starter? And he says, Cutler says, well, he doesn't have a choice now, does he? So good for you, Jay. Stick it right up his ass because what the hell? Fox, you have to back up your starting franchise quarterback, and he didn't do it. He didn't give him anything, any reason. That, so for Cutler, he's just like, meh, for the rest of the season. It sucks for the guy. I feel for him. He's taken so much punishment playing behind lackluster offensive lines. He's taken so much mental punishment from the fans. I don't know if he cares or looks into it, but he understands that's what the conversation is, the national conversation. It's just unfair to Jay Cutler overall. I'm, I'm a Cutler defender, and I'm telling you. Look, he. I don't want to get into this conversation. He has his flaws, obviously. But listen, people need to understand. Quarterbacks are at a premium in this league. Guys like Case Keenum are starting. Blaine Gabbert. Guys are putting all of their chips in Blaine Gabbert. Right? And Blake Bortles, too. Blake Bortles. I know Blaine Gabbert lost his job to Colin Kaepernick, but that's another situation. You want Colin Kaepernick? And people complain about Jay Cutler. It's It's astounding to me. But anyway, this leads to the conversation. What do the Chicago Bears do when they ultimately get rid of Jay Cutler? Well, they have a few options. Okay, well, Matt Barkley is not one of them. <laughs> that's, that's pretty obvious. But they, they could re-sign Brian Hoyer, have him as their bridge guy, if they do decide to draft someone, and let him play until that guy is ready to, and develops into an NFL-ready starting quarterback. But the problem with this particular draft class is that there's not many quarterbacks that I would like to reach, well, there's actually none that I would take in the top three besides Deshaun Kaiser. And even he's a question mark. But if you're the Chicago Bears, you get the number one overall pick, you take him, and you just run with it, because you don't really have a choice at this point. Because other than that, you would be reaching on a guy like Brad Kaya. And even Deshaun Watson, right now he's projected to be a third-round draft pick. Possibly. You know what I mean? And obviously this is going to change. I'm going to dive into potential draft conversation once. Because really, listen, I want to be honest with you all. I am no expert in breaking down talent at the college level. And that's for professionals who are much smarter in that area than I am. So I like to do my research and take their opinions and form my own from them. So I'm not going to tell you anything as if I know it all. But I'm just saying right now, the way it's looking, this is possibly the worst NFL quarterback uh, draft in a long time, and the Bears are in desperate need of a quarterback, and your only option is the number one overall pick, and you might not get it because the Browns are terrible. 
49ers, I don't know if they're going to win ever again. So at that point, you got to take the best player available and hopefully a quarterback that they're interested in falls to the later rounds because if you get the third pick, say, hypothetically, you get the best player available in the draft. You don't even mess around with reaching on a quarterback. It's just not worth it. There's also the option of trading for Jimmy Garoppolo. You'd have to give up pretty much everything for him, but it's there. He's an NFL-ready guy, and you know what? He may be a victim of circumstance, especially since within the system, right? He fits so well in that Belichick system, and they do such a good job in New England to compensate for quarterbacks' abilities. Do you really feel confident that the Chicago Bears' offensive minds can turn a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo into a franchise quarterback? I don't know. I'm sure Garoppolo has the talent, but I don't trust this Bears' uh, coaching staff or whoever's in charge in developing these guys. And Kirk Cousins. Oh, God, you're going to spend all this money on Kirk Cousins? So what are you going to do? They're not in a favorable position right now, the Chicago Bears team, because, gosh, they regressed so hard in 2016 after a kind of a, oh, oh, this isn't so bad, 2015 among Bears fans. So what I'm assuming is that they invest in a quarterback at some point. They're going to have to. They invest at some point in the draft this season, whether it's in the second, third, or fourth round, whether it's Brad Kai, Chad Kelly, gosh, miserable, absolutely miserable. But regardless, you get a guy that you – kind of have to build around from then on and you go from there but boy stuff being a Bears fan good thing we have the Cubs huh we also have the Chicago Bulls and is that a good thing I have no idea because this Bulls team has no sense of direction and let's transition into that conversation now because the Bulls are back they as you listen to this podcast they've already played their opener and maybe even more than that but it's really interesting I guess Yes, because the Chicago Bulls always want to be relevant, right? Especially with this ownership group. They're not going to be committed to just burning it down and starting again, right? Especially when you have a guy like Jimmy Butler who's worth so much value. You have an opportunity to trade for a guy like Chris Dunn. I'm in the camp. You should have done that. But I, I, I still love Jimmy Butler. I still think he's really good. Bulls fans don't hate me. But I felt like the current state of the Bulls, after you got rid of Rose, which was a great move in my opinion... You had an opportunity to get younger and better for the future instead of signing a guy like Wade and Rondo, who Rondo, I we'll see, we'll see, but his track record is not so convincing to me that he will be, you know, a decent teammate. Imagine how oh, imagine if Hoiberg and, and Rondo get into it and this whole thing just is terrible. Kind of rooting for that to be honest. But uh, let's let's look at this objectively, okay? Because the Chicago Bulls, in my opinion, will make the playoffs. And I just said, let's look at it objectively, but before I get into it, they're going to make the playoffs. And I think they're good enough to be a six seed even in the East. Call me crazy, but I, we'll, we'll see what happens. This team, though, this team is going to have some problems defensively. You know, I, I think they improved in their front court defensively. Hopefully they play certain guys more so than they did last year. Hopefully you see guys like Cristiano Felicio get more minutes. I want to see Bobby Portis get meaningful minutes, much more meaningful minutes. I want to see what happens to Taj Gibson this season. Are they going to use him for trade bait? You know, possibly get some value while still being competitive? Or are they going to just keep him and then let him walk in, in the offseason similar to what they did to Powell? It'll be good. Taj is a good player. Especially for a team that expects to be good. You want a guy like him on the court eating up minutes. But let's look, let's look at the dynamic of the Chicago Bulls right now. First of all, sign Kirk Heinrich, okay? Sign him. Just do it. 
Second, Jimmy Butler, Dwayne Wade, Rajon Wanda. Okay, Dwayne Wade did really well in the preseason. He shot like forty something percent from three. Everybody's like, "Woo!" Who said Dwayne Wade can't shoot threes? I'm sure he's gonna have his fair share of threes. Hopefully, he stays healthy. I think it's a good signing that they brought in. Uh, well, I didn't say it was a good signing back when it happened because I was actually infuriated based solely on the direction that the Bulls were heading. I just, I, uh, I was ready for them to go young. I was prepared for the Bulls. To, I was okay with it. They missed the playoffs in a year that they expected to be a championship contender, right? With a Fred Hoiberg, new system, offense that should be explosive. That didn't happen. That was miserable. So I was ready. I was okay sitting through the Bulls, maybe sucking for a year, maybe two as long as they have young guys that I could feel excited about. Well, they just picked and plopped guys that they could fill in right away. And for Dwayne Wade, it was a no-brainer to come to Chicago. He wanted to get paid, and the Bulls needed to, needed to unleash some payroll. So they paid Dwayne Wade, and now he's in his hometown from Chicago. Give me a break. Anyway, you bring in John Rondo. He's a good ball handler. You feel good with him in the backcourt alongside Wade, even Jimmy Butler. You feel good with this competent offense. Also, they made a trade for a similar type player as, uh, as Ray John Rondo is for Michael Carter Williams. How about that? I'm kind of excited. I want to see what this kid brings. He's still he's he's this is the direction I want to see the Bulls go. Create this young kind of core. Now I'm not sure how much you want to rely on Michael Carter Williams, especially this season. We'll see the development that he has. But hey, see you later, Spencer Dinwiddie. Bad. They got guys like McDermott, right? McDermott, I feel like is going to have a good season. Miritich, we got to see what's going on with him. Can Miritich provide any sort of value to this team? Because last year we saw him just do nothing. He was just a cone out there, especially defensively. Can't really shoot. Struggled big time shooting. Speaking of struggles shooting, the Chicago Bulls can't shoot, right? Their backcourt is notoriously known for not being able to hit the three and, you know, the drive and kick game and get into the hole and get to the line. That's really where they're going to make their money. But apparently, I guess the Bulls are interested in signing a guy named R.J. Hunter. He was a former first-round pick of the Celtics. Struggled shooting, but he is a shooter in his first season in the NBA. So hopefully, I mean, maybe he gets minutes, some some backup minutes somewhere, somehow, some way, if this signing does happen. Like I said, it's a rumor. But I guess that's encouraging. Younger players to build around, see what they have, see what they can build around. And you have... A set, what, eight, like a rotation? So it could be much worse. And, I mean, this this Bulls team, yeah, I, I, like I said, I think they're going to make the playoffs, but I think they're going to get eliminated immediately. And, I mean, if, if you're happy with that, and just they just gauge your interest until baseball season starts, then more power to you. But that's pretty much all it is. This Bulls team isn't championship-ready, and it's going to take a little bit for them to be championship-ready. But they have a superstar in Jimmy Butler. They do. They can build around him. They just got to be smart about it. They got to be smart about it. And I felt like they had an opportunity to build around Jimmy and go younger. But I guess they just want to kind of go in sort of. While It's weird how the White Sox and the Bulls are so in the same boat in terms of the way they run their franchises because they want to stay relevant as long as possible. But maybe that goes to shying away from making the smart decision. I don't know. Who am I to say? Who am I to say? But I'm looking at this Bulls team right now and first round exit. That's all it is. So if you're happy with that, okay, that's awesome. But for me, I want to see continued success because, I mean, I'm blessed with the Cubs, right? And that's weird to say about the Cubs, really, given their history. 
for the Chicago Bulls team. Very excited to watch them throughout the season. They should be entertaining. Hopefully, Dwayne Wade misses 16 games or less. like Because you have to just assume that he's going to miss a certain amount of games. So if you get 65 games out of Dwayne Wade, oh, you take that all day, every day. Are you serious? Oh, absolutely. I'd like to see the development of Bobby Portis specifically. I'm looking forward to Miritich kind of hopefully bouncing back. Otherwise, I don't know if he's going to have a spot in this roster for much longer. I like the move that they were able to acquire a guy like Robin Lopez. So, I mean, he's a nice rim protector, but guys like, I got to see guys like Cristiano Felicio get on the court more. I need to see more minutes from him. So, I mean, there's there, there are things that really will develop over the course of the Chicago Bulls season. I'm, I'm Specifically in terms of what I'm watching, I'm not so seriously concerned about Dwayne Wade's production, Rajon Rondo's production, because ultimately in the end, what is it? Whatever. That's all it is, is whatever. You can always count on Mike Rankin from behind the pen to give you any sort of Bulls positivity, right? Just don't try and kill your Bulls vibe, I guess. I don't know. You could, have, you could be excited. You should be. And I mean, here I am complaining about the lack of young talent within this Bulls roster. I mean, they have some, like I said. You know, McDermott's 24. Miritich is 25, but I don't know. I'm kind of giving up on Miritich, I'll tell you that. They picked up Jerry and Grant, a nice backup point guard here in this situation, along with Michael Carter-Williams. Let's keep an eye on those two and how they develop. So, I mean, there's still some positive. Bobby Porce is 21 years old, right? Denzel Valentine I'm looking forward to very much so. So those are the... And Cristiano Felicio, I've mentioned him enough. I hope you understand that I am a big fan of Cristiano Felicio. But it's those players specifically that I hope to give me hope that this Bulls team could possibly, that that's a part of their core in the future, right? The Bulls kind of develop this younger type of core. And this is done without having to go out and sign guys like 34-year-old Dwayne Wade and Rajon Rondo, the coach killer, and the locker room cancer. So that's just me. That's just me. But those are my thoughts on the Chicago Bulls. Let me know yours. Let me know where you think the Bulls will stand in the East this season, if they're going to be a legitimate competition or just going to get, I don't know, be a disappointment yet again. Me, I'm rooting for a complete and total disaster. I want to see Gar Foreman and John Paxson fire. Maybe not Paxson, but I want him removed from any of the player personnel decisions and whatnot, but Gar Foreman needs to go. So that's what I'm rooting for in the Chicago Bulls season. Call me a pessimist, but I am an optimist in terms of hoping for the best in that the front office gets fired. But yes, thank you very much for sticking around and listening to this entire Chicago focus podcast sort of I mean we talked about a lot of stuff today including the Bears and Bulls and also the different kind of perspectives in terms of ratings of different sports and whatever my chili story hope you enjoyed that if you haven't listened to the full length and if you have thank you very much on blogtalkradio.com backslash most valuable podcast that's where you can find it make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel give us a like down below give me some comments down below call me an idiot I invite you to please do I love it that's why I do it but you guys are the best Make sure you become a patron as well. Patreon.com backslash most valuable podcast. Donate whatever you can. We appreciate all of your time. We appreciate your donations. We will entertain you more so than we already do. You guys are awesome. Thank you. Continue listening to our full length podcast here at mostvaluablepodcast.com. My name is Mike Rankin. And as always, thank you all for listening. We will see you all next time. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at most valuable pod for more great podcasts.